Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It Podcast 100th episode. I'm Ray Ray. And I am Dave. And we have a really exciting guest on the phone. We have the president of the Missouri Baptist Convention and the pastor of Ridgecrest Baptist Church here in Springfield, who is called in right at the beginning. And we're wanting to just go live with him and uh, just tell him how, uh, have him tell us how important Missouri Baptist apologetics is. So, uh, is he on? Yes. Oh, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. He is definitely on right now. So, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well, guys, and congratulations on this uh, milestone, the 100th episode. Uh, proud of you guys, and uh, anytime we're, we're talking gospel issues and getting people, uh, having conversations with people about the Lord, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a win for, for the kingdom. Yeah, well, thank you guys. Thank you so much for coming on and, and saying that because, you know, we find that um, this can be a useful tool um, to engage the uh, generation that we are in. Um, as far as the internet being out there, people are always on Facebook. And so um, it's. I, we hope that uh, we are doing the Missouri Baptist a service and we are not being a harm, but we are being a help to engage people with the gospel. So with that sure, said, sure. Uh, Dr. Muniz, um, one thing that Adam and I uh sometimes take some flack for is this idea that, you know, apologetics is uh, kind of a waste of time. It's just a bunch of energy you're expending for something that's really not worth that much. Uh, how important do you see apologetics when it comes to the Missouri Baptist Convention and why we have an apologetics network and other states uh, do not? Well, I, I can tell you this. I, um, I've been around Missouri Baptist uh, life for the last uh, nearly 20 years, and uh, one of the consistent themes that you hear when you go to conventions is, um, you know, the laments about uh, a lack of evangelism and a lack of evan uh, emphasis on evangelism. And then if the same person were to turn around and be critical of an apologetics ministry, you have to ask the question, What's wrong? What's wrong with this equation here? Because really, that's what evangelism is. It's a it's an opportunity to, um, you know, to talk about um, you know the, the the fact that Christianity is is a um, it's not just a way. It's the way. It, it it's the only livable philosophy that's out there. It's a, it's an mm -hmm. you know when when you're um, studying this this issue, I think you can have conversations with people that are respectful and yet challenging them to dig deeper and to look into their own hearts and minds. And so I just see uh, apologetics as, as a tool for evangelism and, and then eventually discipleship, because when we're training leaders, uh, we need to prepare them for the world that is, not the world that we've imagined. And um, I just, uh, I feel like it's a, it's a crucial element myself. It's interesting. Um, I studied under Jerem Bars at Covenant uh, Theological Seminary in St. Louis, and Jerem was mentored by Francis Schaefer. Hmm, that's and awesome. So, uh, so one of my my good buddies, uh, Colton Strother, which I think you guys know him. Uh, yeah, he, he likes to say he likes to say that uh, that Shaper's my my grandfather, uh, my intellectual <laughs> grandfather. So, awesome. uh, and Van Til would be my great grandfather. So that's really now cool. you are uh, you are uh, totally welcome with us right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So uh, yeah, I have a I have a pretty pr proud pedigree there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, amen. And I. To be honest with you, um, over the years, uh, Schaefer's approach has been my favorite. I just I love how he he uh, delved into uh, art and philosophy, and then and then 
use that knowledge to start conversations, to be able to listen well to people, to be able to really talk the language of the university, if that's where he was, or just, you know, um, there in Europe, um, in, in his years of ministry there in Europe, he was able to have conversations with people and, and, and you know, on their own terms, and then show them the bankruptness of, you know, the postmodern movement, which was big yeah. in his day in Europe there. It didn't make it into America until 20 or 30 years later, so really Schaefer becomes almost... Uh, and uh, to me, he's invaluable in the conversations mm-hmm. we have today because he's he's uh, dealing with things that didn't come our way till twenty or thirty years later, and we're still kind of dealing with the aftermath of postmodernism and the post-Christian culture here. So, yeah, yeah, I think in Missouri Baptist life, this is this is where it's at. We we need to be having uh, conversations about the deeper things, and you know, the uh, the, the the day has uh, come and gone where we can just uh, be biblically literate. We, we need that, of course, in our pulpits, but we also have to be able to interact with the, um, you know, the reigning philosophies of the day. We need to be able to talk art and philosophy uh, with people and, and go after the leaders that are out there in the secular world. You know, we, we have to we have to engage them. And if we're, you know, if we're not reading outside of just, uh, you know, our, our, our basic, uh, can't say it much anymore, Lifeway Christian Bookstore kind of uh, you know, just the, the, the easy stuff, the, the low-hanging fruit, if we're, that's where we're staying, um, I think that we would be uh, we, we'd be in trouble. Uh, we're going to be in trouble. So I love what you guys are doing, and anytime that we can go deeper and get people thinking, I, uh, <laughs> I'm all for it. Yeah. And thank you so much, Dr. Muniz. I, I really value your time. And, you know, we pray for you at First Baptist Buffalo and we pray for the convention. And we're just really thankful for the way that you have supported us uh, by just coming on. It, it means a lot to us um, to to have your time and to have your encouragement. And now I've learned that you obviously do have a, a real drawing to apologetics because you've uh, you've got a, a rich history, yes. uh, a rich lineage, I should yeah, say. That's so, awesome. <laughs> well, I, I will let you go. Thank you again so, so much for calling. We really appreciate it, sir. Hey, it's been great, and uh, keep up the good work, okay, guys? Thank you, sir. Yes. All right, thank you so much. Well, guys, I know that we've already, uh, if you haven't, if you've heard already, we've had some uh, calls in, um, but let's, uh, we, I mean, their phone is open right now, so the first one who uh, gets us, gets yeah. us. Um, and if we didn't get the, get you, don't yeah. not call back. All right, we do have Kevin Myers. Kevin Myers, I guess, hey, uh, he's been on the show before. Uh, yeah. That he works with, what do you work for again, sir? Um, well, I go out to the abortion mills yes. as a, as a Christian, as an abolitionist, and um, my family and I have a ministry called Time to Win a Battle Ministries, and that's one of the lines of battle in our society that we desire to be faithful in. Yeah, well, thank you uh, for your service. Uh, I see you're on Facebook all the time, posting videos where you and other people are at the mills, um, preaching the gospel, talking to people. Um, Amen. Yeah, and I've tried to, you know, there's some people that have talked to me so far, and I was like, hey, go up to Kansas City, go to Kevin, um, you know, I'm going to try to give him your number to see if somehow, um, you know, if somebody's interested in getting something started here in Springfield, uh, definitely uh, this is the yes. guy to look up. Uh, he can get you the tools, the things, the ideas that you need to um, probably, and the legal work, right? Um, I can certainly um, yeah. work with them and find find the answers from other people yeah. as well to be able to give them um, the starting point. It's it's. Uh, there are different, um, you know, different areas and different how much 
you know, what the layout is. And so we try to find out what's going on there. And so, but a lot of things are basic. They're going to be applicable wherever you go. And so uh, we really want to uh, see Christians equipped to be obedient in loving their neighbors practically and biblically. What can we do as a podcast to better support what you are doing, uh, standing at the gates of death and calling people to repentance and to save lives? What can we do and what can listeners to the podcast do to join you? All right. What what I would say is that uh, as as believers, we have... We have a, a role that God has given to us to be ambassadors of Christ, mm-hmm. and that is true um, wherever we go in our society. We live in a society that doesn't, it's not just at the gates of death that um, this engagement needs to happen. And so, there are things that people can do who aren't at the gates of death, but are in conversations, are are out in communities. Uh, we need to we need to, as Christians, be salt and light as ambassadors of Christ, bringing the gospel into conflict with this evil in our day. And so, um, so we need Christians to um, be like Job, who in chapter twenty nine of Job said, "The cause that I knew not, I searched out." Mm-hmm. And so we need Christians who will say, okay, here's where I live. Let's find out what's going on with abortion in my area. What is the, where's the closest abortion mill um, to where I live? And then look and see where it is and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? Um, what is my schedule? What can I do to, to go do there and find out? Find out if anyone's going there. Find mm-hmm. if there are any Christians there. Mm-hmm. Uh, find out what days that they that they're doing the killing. And and as you're building on that, seeking the Lord in prayer, saying, "Lord, I desire that these that this business that sheds the blood of the innocent would uh, would." be confronted with the light of truth. And so we want to find out what's going on and actually seek to be there and to encourage others to go. I remember the first time I went out, I was, I did not even know that that was a possibility. And this was, and I'm not sure exactly the year, but I believe around 2006, I was living in Pensacola and a, and a friend said, did you know there is an abortion mill in, in Pensacola? I said, no way. He said, Will you come with me? And so we went to go and stand there. We were the only two Christians that were out there. And we began to plead for the lives of these children. When I got there the first day, I had no uh, ability to even speak. I was so horrified. And and I just stood there with my mouth open. Yeah. Because I knew God said, open thy mouth for the dumb. And so I I opened my mouth. I just stood there with my mouth open. Trying to be obedient. Um, yeah, <laughs> brother, and, thank and, you. And then the next week, because they kill only one day a week there. They killed mm-hmm. up to um, 30 or more um, each Friday morning. And the women would start coming in at 4.30 in the morning in the cover of darkness. And so we were there at 4.30 in the morning as voices in the dark pleading for their children's lives. And the next week, I, I went there, I went and I said, Lord, you know, you say in your mouth, in your word, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. Lord, I'm just going to open my mouth. Give me something to say. And so um, the Lord began to just, I just began to sharing the gospel and going and telling what 
is what God says about children in the womb. This is what God says about the shedding of innocent blood. And as a follower of Jesus Christ who have been saved from my wretchedness, been made righteous in Christ, I am here as his ambassador pleading with you a ministry of reconciliation. Do not murder your baby. Turn to the Lord Jesus. And we just um, we just began to to plead. And, and we were the only two Christians that were there um, each week. And and we we began to be awakened to, you know, what, what is needed when a police officer came up to us and said, you know, this is not really, must not be really a big deal, a big issue for Christianity because Pensacola, Florida is full of Christians and you're the only two here. Yeah. And that just broke our hearts. And so we began to invite others to come with us. People would say, hey, what would you do this weekend? We would tell them. And we would say, will you come with us? And invite them and encourage them using, you know, the word of God saying, hey, God says, if thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn to death, if you're neglecting to go and seek to rescue them, if that, if you say, behold, I knew it not, doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it, and he that keepeth thy soul doth not, he know it, and shall not he render to everyone according to his works. And so we, we see that, that God said, hey, I'm watching. Are you seeking to rescue the perishing? Are you seeking to warn the wicked? And so um, the Lord began to work in hearts and people began to come out and standing with us so that eventually it got to the point that there were at least 30 Christians standing at the gates every Friday morning. And eventually that place shut down. Amen. We, we, we need Christians to to say, okay, I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I know it's, I know it, that it is something that that um, a lot of people are kind of looked down on or assume things about. But I'm going to be obedient to God no matter what people think of me. I'm going to just right. go and seek to love my neighbor, and and God will use that. God will bless the, His servants as they say, Lord, I want to be, I want to be available to you, Lord, and I I leave. Uh, the results to you, duty is ours, results are God's. Mm -hmm. And so, Amen. that's something that, that is needed. We need people there, but we also need people who will um, go into the culture and seed the culture. And so, you know, we're, we're giving out literature, bringing up in conversations with strangers, with friends, with family, about the Holocaust we live in, not just kind of... Um, talk about other things and avoid the uncomfortable things, but, but to bring things out. And so, um, uh, I... Uh, we want to see and sow the truth into the culture and then see what God brings now, forth from that. And we've had lots of conversations from there. Go ahead. Now, Kevin, if somebody is listening and they want to join you, I, I know you post almost every week uh, on our podcast. What do they need to do to contact you and uh, to reach out to you and go with you? All right. Well, um, I stand in the Overland Park area at this point, um, and that's in Overland Park, Kansas. And uh, and then there are times that we'll go to other abortion mills uh, in other areas as well. And there are and there are Christians, abolitionists who are across um, the across the nation. And so if you say, hey, I'm in this other part of you know the state or another part of of the the country, then I could find out. You could contact, and I could I could help that person to. Um, get connected with people who are who are already perhaps doing it at that abortion facility that is close to them but and they we need to connect with me. we need yes. you to help us connect with the folks in springfield because i know there are a few folks and uh we really need to have just a next year on the program we need to just have a day dedicated to it uh and have Certainly. you on as a guest and, and of course if you ever come to springfield 
and you're here on a Monday, we want you in the studio. So, um, Certainly. well, brother, thank you for calling in and thank you for what you do. Thank you for being an encourager to us and sharing the podcast it means a lot to us. So, um, hey, um, yes, sir. Hey, Ed, I, I wanted to, I, I realized I didn't give any contact information. So yeah, I, go for it. You know, people could um, email me at creationkevin at gmail.com, which is just the word creation and K-E-V-A-N. Um, at gmail.com or they could look up my my um mystery site which is time to win a battle um, time to win a battle.org mm-hmm. i also have a blog site that answers a lot of questions people have about abortion or about abolition and that is time to win a battle.blogspot.com and then i could i could give my number i could i guess um comment on it and put my number up if if that would be helpful but uh that can also um, people can contact through through the website as well yes um, well brother we are going to let you go ahead. thank you so yeah, much you. and uh, look forward to working with you in the future so amen all right, abortion man. must be abolished brothers amen amen alright well uh, hey this we've is, had two yeah, calls two that's calls. great I, so I know we've had a few different people tried to yeah. call in and so, uh, yeah, so if the, the line is free yeah. But we'll start right in and on a meme. Yeah, we're going to start on a meme here. So, yeah, if you call in, we'll hit the uh, the button to get you on. But we're going to continue calling, and then we'll get you included. So just hang in there uh, while listening to us and a weird delay between what you're seeing here and what you'll be hearing on the phone. But anyway, we wanted to talk about memes. Memes has been a pretty good theme uh, throughout the uh, 100 episodes that we've done. Um, so uh, we last time said maybe we need to pick a meme that's encouraging. And so we should do that. So go <laughs> ahead. Right, we got a, that another call. We will be right with you, but we're going to start on a meme here. Well, quick. hey, uh, thank you so you? much for calling in. Who is this? This is Alex. Hey, Alex. Man, hey, it is so good. You're calling from Louisville, is that right? That's right. Oh, There's man. Hey. delay on the video and the, and the call. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a little weird. Yeah, that, that happens every once in a while. We're going to put up a meme. Uh, would you be willing to, when it pops up, uh, help us destruct it? Actually, this yeah, one's sure. going to be one of those encouraging memes. Oh, so, this is going to be an so, encouraging Yeah, last time on the show, we were saying, like, we spent a lot of time uh, deconstructing and demolishing, like, really bad memes. Um, but I wanted to start this evening, and Alexander was one of the guys that sent us a meme. And so, uh, a bunch of memes anyway, since we asked for them. And so, we wanted to show you, here is a specimen of what you can share. And this meme has a picture of... Um, it's really the, the Old Testament people, um, and they're pointing to a cross, and it's a uh, Calvin, it's a, it's, it's a quote of John Calvin, and says, This is what we should, in short, seek in the whole of Scripture, truly to know Jesus Christ and the infinite riches that are, com- are comprised in Him and are offered to us by Him from the Good Father. If one were to sift thoroughly uh, the law and the prophets, he would not find a single word which would not draw uh, and bring us to him. And so, you know, this is a meme that brings a great quote. So you're getting church history here. This is not just an esoteric idea. This is something that we can go back um, to and see in John Calvin's work. And then we can meme this. We can engage the culture with truth. And this is actually truth. The Old Testament does point to Christ. Isn't that right, Alex? Uh, that's right. I, when I was at Bible college, I actually went to Bible college in Springfield, I went to Baptist Bible College, and I was not how, taught how to read the Bible that way. Hmm. 
it was a very dispensational perspective and I learned a lot and, and they really did a good job of, of encouraging us to read the Bible uh, grammatically, historically, literally, uh, very high view of scripture, but they didn't really teach this concept that all scripture points to and anticipates Christ. Mm. It was kind of a stilted robotic way to read scripture, right? Where yeah. you were limited based upon um well, does it say Jesus in the text, or does the New Testament quote it? And that's about it. It was kind yeah. of a very haphazard way of reading Scripture. And so, when I started to um, discover more of a Reformed theology, more of a Christocentric hermeneutic, I, I discovered how rich your Old Testament becomes when you see yeah. that it's not just a bunch of stories kind of hobbled together. It actually does have not just one unifying story, but every single verse stands in some way in relationship to Christ and the fulfillment He brings. Hmm. Um, and, and that opened the way I'm a pastor that opened the way up. I preach that changed how I read my Bible. It it really changed what it meant for me to be a Christian who had a unique, uh, I I, I would have been surprised if I, you know, hear myself say this now, but there's a one point when I would preach on the old Testament and a Jew could have said, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now I look at that and realize, no, if if you, if you can preach from the old Testament and a Jew agree with everything you said, you're actually not doing Christian preaching. Amen. Dude, that is so, so well said. And, and again, you know, it's very interesting, this biblical theology that we see in the works of Calvin, uh, that we see in the works of the Reformers. And again, just as you said, it completely opens up a whole new understanding of the Old Testament. Uh, I, I just love on First Baptist Buffalo, where I pastor, we generally do our Old Testament stuff on Sunday evenings and Wednesday evenings and our New Testament on Sunday mornings. But I'll go ahead and take steps back and do a brief series on an Old Testament book or a few passages uh, in the Old Testament to try to really show how the entire theme of that book points to a type of Christ. And it's sad that we've missed this and we've made so much of the Old Testament uh, stories of moralism that we teach to kids in vacation Bible school. And uh, so it's one thing I love about this meme is that it, it points to Christ and it gives us that truth. And that's one of the cool things about memes you can say a lot there and of course people will like a meme and look at a meme a lot longer than they will uh, a serious discussion on that if that makes any sense no absolutely i think that makes perfect sense because with just this one quote in this picture you can communicate this idea in a very rich way that i Mm -hmm. I like how because he just has this genius about being able to say something in a very pithy short way but it's very deep and and Mm -hmm. i I like i like ref tunes and and this kind of demonstrates the concept in a way that that this is not how a lot of people are presented a christocentric hermeneutic you know a lot of people are presented this idea at least in dispensational circles as kind of like an it's well you're just allegorizing the text aren't taking the text seriously but if you think about it as like that was being presented as all these people are pointing to Jesus, um, and you see this in connection with the quote, then it, it really is it's given kind of a viability that people wouldn't normally think about because they're you're almost kind of taught, you're almost kind of gaslighted to think, well, if anyone reads the scriptures this way, well, they're not taken seriously like we are. But this one does give a uh, uh, it gives a short, concise introduction to it that if you were to say this to someone. I, I think they would go, you know what, this actually sounds, this sounds right. This actually sounds like something that should be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I like ref tunes a lot because they, they do have a lot of um, material like this that, that shows people uh, just these brief glimpses uh, through the eyes of Puritans or reformers or modern theologians, uh, this, these concepts that I, I know I was introduced to. I, I didn't grow up in church and, and of course, 
my background is not in a, a reformational theology. So uh, seeing these things shared by friends, seeing these things shared by uh uh, people on Facebook and whatnot, that that actually gets you thinking and exposed to these concepts that I otherwise I, w- I know I would never have been. So um, when are you going to be back this way in the Springfield area, by the way? Uh, when are we going to be back? My wife's actually watching. Oh, when are we going to be back in uh, Springfield area? October 3rd, October 4th-ish, actually. Oh, man. Well, we... uh, I don't know what our plan is. On October 1st, I'll be at Hannibal LaGrange University uh, dealing with some resolutions that I've written for the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting. But, man, uh, you said through the... First through the third, we'll just have to meet up and maybe uh, do like an after hours uh, brief episode with you because it would be really cool to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't even know how you uh, came across our podcast, but man, it has been really encouraging that you have listened and shared. Um, yeah, I had no clue. We we probably know some of the same people, but had no clue who you were when you started following us. And it's been cool that uh, someone down at Southern Seminary who's a pastor is following the podcast and uh, being a affirmer of what we're doing. So thank you so much, man. And I don't know, did you have a question for us by any chance? That was the other little element um, that we had. Yeah. No, thank you guys for what you're doing. I, I, uh, I don't remember exactly how I stumbled upon it. You know, I was probably one of you guys sharing this through the Baptist review is probably how I first saw it. Uh, but no, a question. Uh, well, here's one maybe. Um, because you guys, I, know, I haven't watched all of y'all's episodes or anything, but maybe something you guys could talk about is um, apologetically where you guys are in Springfield. Um, you know, when I did ministry in Springfield, you know, I worked with freeway ministries, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of addiction recovery programs, a lot of um, um, a lot of people um, that you don't, a lot of people don't think about apologetics as evangelism. Yeah, and so definitely. when you're doing apologetics in downtown Springfield, a lot of people don't think about you know, well, I'm going to memorize these arguments. They, they don't really think maybe apologetics is useful there. So when you're dealing with maybe downtown Springfield or wherever you guys work at in Springfield doing ministry, uh, proclaiming the gospel, um, maybe you could talk about how does apologetics um, really come out to play when you're bringing the gospel uh, to people, when you're calling people to repentance or uh, when you're answering objections? What does that look like? Oh, well, um, I, Springfield. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I was going to say uh, for me, you know, I haven't been downtown. There's a lot of stuff going downtown that needs to be dealt with, even from the Christian side. Um, there's a lot of bad gospel going around. There's a lot of, uh, of uh, I guess you'd say, sloppy exegesis going around um, and with a certain pastor goes around. But uh, most of mine is because I am either at work I'm with my family or I'm with uh, my church folks and stuff like that. So I haven't gotten out a whole lot now where most of my apologetics happen are since I'm a barber, I've got a captive audience. Um, I, this is my life that I talk about. So if they're asking me questions like, um, I can't help but talk about uh, my church. I can't help talking about the grace of God um, giving me the job that I have. And so those kind of things are what starts conversations with me. Now, I can tell you I've had a a few really good, intense conversations in the barbershop where, you know, I haven't had, I couldn't look back and go like, I'm just going to let this be a public space and not saying anything. I had to say something. Um, I've had to talk about abortion and uh, gently lead the conversation to be like, you're a murderer. And I had to do that. Um, 
the, the person came back for another haircut, but that's the grace of God um, that I've had to trust in that. Um, there's other people that I have where I'm just talking about, you know, worldview issues going like, you can't account for this. Um, God accounts for this. The triune God accounts for this. So um, how apologetics works out in that is I get to preach the gospel because I'm exuding it out of my life, or at least I hope I am. And then, um, so it's working through the way I work. It's working through what I speak. And then I sit back whenever those questions are asked, you know, how can you believe the Bible? How all this kind of stuff. I had one guy go like how, like, you know, Paul was kind of a weird dude compared. And I'm like, he says a lot of hard things. I'm like, well, the Peter said so. Yeah. So yeah, that's no surprise that Paul says hard things. Peter said so. And I was like, what exactly is it about Paul that you don't get? Because we can talk about it. And I'm behind him. I'm cutting his hair. And uh, he's like, I just rather not talk about it. <laughs> and so basically, at least I, I got him to stop saying what he was saying. And hopefully he went home and looked at Paul and looked at Peter and uh, read, the, read the Bible and saw the connection. So, Alexander, two things. If you see Dr. Cable wandering around campus, tell him that Dave Van Bever said hey. Or if you see Timothy Paul Jones, tell him Dave Van Bever said hey. So uh, those are the two guys that I know at Southern. Or uh, uh, Dr. Walker, uh, Andrew Walker. He's another. He's one of my friends. Uh, so you have to tell him I said hey. Uh, I don't know if you have any classes from any of them. But uh, yes, I'm certainly presuppositional, uh, as you can tell. Obviously, uh, covenantal. When it comes to me and gospel conversations, I can't knock on a door and not engage people by just simply saying. And that's probably the thing that happens with me the most. I'm actually a pastor in a little rural community just north of Springfield, Buffalo, Missouri. And when we go and canvas, which my church does frequently, uh, I cannot stand on someone's door, knock on the door, and say, hey, come to First Baptist Church without being very serious. In fact, I don't just say that. I say, hey, we are here because Jesus Christ has told us to go and to proclaim his kingdom throughout the earth. And so we want to proclaim his kingdom with you. Um, is there anything that we can do to answer any questions you have about Christ? Is there anything we can do to encourage you? And, and that has been a whole lot better than me just saying, hey, I'm from First Baptist to come to church. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. And I think both of what both of you guys are presenting um, is a very different form of apologetics than where I was taught. You know, I, I, I totally agree with the presuppositional method. Um, it, it, it really is. It's not just memorizing a couple of um, scholarly arguments for intellectual Amen. people. It actually is a whole life form mm -hmm. of evangelism that, like you were talking about, it addresses worldview and addresses how people uh, address objections people have and, and removing barriers that people have to truly hear the gospel uh and so I, i'm i i'm very encouraged that there's people like that in springfield it, it didn't really seem like there's a lot of that going on in springfield from where i was at not that there wasn't good ministry going on but a, a lot of people just don't have that view of apologetics and so I, i'm really encouraged that you guys are doing that and that's why i like y'all's work is because it, it really you. is different um, than just thinking about apologetics is over here. That's for when I maybe go on college campuses. That's for maybe when I debate someone. But then over here, I have my evangelism. I have two different lines of thinking through those things. And, and so to unify those together, that that's that's wonderful. Well, that it, is. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I was just going to say, for me, and, and I know that you're preaching every week, which is awesome, by the way, man. Um, I'm assuming you're working on your MDiv or are you working on your PhD? Uh, no, I'm div, and I'll probably be done there. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, uh, for me, every time I open up God's Word on a Sunday morning, and, and I've been preaching through the book of Acts for 
just over four years now. And uh, I've been taking a few little breaks here and there, like we're preaching through Jonah right now. But in every last one of those situations, I'm constantly going back to, we hold every thought captive to Christ, right? If we don't start with that idea, then nothing in the scripture is going to matter, right? If we're not holding every thought captive, if we're not applying the truth that he is the ultimate standard, then nothing that we're doing means anything as the church. It's not that I have this mind that can reason uh, that is out there in the ether. It's no, I have a mind that God has given me and nothing makes sense without that first starting point. And man, uh, for me, every time I begin to exegete scripture, that comes to the forefront in my mind. And the folks in my church, uh, at first they weren't used to that type of preaching and that type of apologetic and that type of uh, exegete. But the more that they have dealt with it, I've just, the way I've heard people in my church speak from the young to the old to the youth and even to the, some of the children, it's, well, truth is what God says. And we can understand the world because God has spoken. And just to hear people say that, I mean, to hear an eight-year-old say that has been probably one of the most encouraging things for me. So um, please, man, uh, when you come back in October, let's make sure we sit down and visit. Uh, it would be a blessing. I would be blessed by that too. And I'd be honored. Thank you guys so much for the work that you do. Oh, I'm so encouraged to hear that that work's going on. Oh, thank you, brother. Thank you. And uh, look forward to getting to meet up with you in October. Look forward to meeting you guys. All right. Talk to you later. Have a good talk one. Bye bye. All right. Well, let's get another meme cooking while somebody. All right, so Wendell calls. has been calling like six times. <laughs> so if I don't call Wendell back, yeah. I'm going to be in trouble. Like, well, I'm going to uh, get a uh, meme going go while you're it. doing that. And so. Uh, it came out in the theaters. Uh, he's got a new movie coming out. So we're going to hit a little Stephen King quote. And so here's where we demolish arguments, holding every thought captive to obey Christ, as uh, David pointed out. Um, but this one is a Stephen King quote. It says, the beauty of religious mania is that it has the power to explain everything. Once God or Satan is accepted as the first cause of everything which happens in the mortal world, nothing is left to chance. Logic can be happily tossed out the window. Now, this one is a very tough one because you know what? He's right about one thing, is that Christianity has the power to explain everything. That's what we do. Um, but it's what he says in this uh, last little bit. It says, logic can be happily tossed out the window. This is where the triune God of the scriptures makes sense of logic right so we're not throwing logic out the window unfortunately he's saying that by what standard well, is what we have to ask and him. that's where i begin to have my first issue with this meme is he begins with the beauty of religious mania first of all yeah. when he says a beauty by what standard is yeah, anything beautiful he's already presupposed that there is some actuality that is out there that is beauty there is some definition all right we got tim Carter, Tim, Tim Carter. Hey, you can see our meme up there. And man, we would love to hear from you. How are you doing? And uh, then you'll have to help us unpack this meme if you don't all right. mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing all right. Congratulations on your 100th episode, by the way. Yeah, hey, thank you, man. You have been a so, multiple time yes. guest and a, a faithful contributor. And we're really grateful we're for you. We're going to have to get you like a tag yellow jacket or something like that. Like the five timers club. 
<laughs> well, man, thank you so much for your apologetic efforts and your encouragement and what you're doing. I know you've got some important projects that are coming out here, and uh, I'm really grateful for those things. And, and uh, I'm not going to ask you to speak to those things, but uh, if you do want, we'd love for you to uh, maybe share with us what you're doing in apologetics, or you can certainly just help us unpack this meme, because uh, what I said when I first noticed it is, um, while... Stephen King is wanting to reject the idea of a creator, God, who is sovereign. He first of all demonstrates he can't do that outside of God's universe when he begins his sentence with the beauty. Uh, again, he can't define beauty in any meaningful way beyond what his five-pound brain says. And therefore, he can't even consistently speak or make an argument against the Christian religion or against any religion without having to, again, fall back on the idea that beauty can be defined in some meaningful way. So I don't know, do you have any thoughts on this uh, meme by any chance? Um, well, just a disclaimer, I'm driving in the car right now, so I don't <laughs> see it right my face, but if you can read it to me, I'd be I will read to, it to uh, you real in. quick. Yeah, the beauty of religious mania is that it has the power to explain everything. Once God or Satan is accepted as the first cause of everything, which happens in the mortal world, Nothing is left to chance. Ellipsis. Logic can be happily tossed out the window. Well, first, you know, you got to acknowledge that he's using logic mm -hmm. to support that argument in the first place. And, uh, you know, it's uh, basically kind of showing his hand, showing that he is suppressing the truth and he's acknowledging that he suppresses that truth in order to make sense of the reality that he lives. Uh, but yet he still wants to reject that by kind of throwing in the, uh, the whole throwing logic out the window. But the, the idea that you have to have the Christian worldview to support uh, making sense of what is right and wrong and making sense of the reality that we live um, is, you know, you have to rely on logic to make that argument um, within the Christian worldview. So, He's kind of throwing that out there as a kind of cheap shot and distraction away from the truth that he's already stated. So, uh, you know, I'd echo what Dave said already about it, um, that, you know, the first statement he makes is, is, is true, that you have to have a biblical worldview to make sense of the reality that we live. Mm -hmm. um, and yet he still rejects that um, with his last statement. Um, but, you know, we can justify his actions by what the Bible says, you know, that man knows God exists, but yet he suppresses the truth and his unrighteousness. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's like holding the beach ball underwater. It, it pops up Amen. occasionally because mm -hmm. it slips. And this is a moment where, you know, Stephen King is is letting the beach ball slip. But then he's saying, oh, no, there's no beach ball. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he contradicts himself in his statement with, with, with how he ends with it. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is the fact that he recognizes something awesome about, I, I mean, here would be the Christian faith, the triune God. Um, it doesn't have the power to explain everything, but yeah, he's throwing out, he's doing the whole enlightenment Kantian thing. You have to throw out these things to make room for faith as, you know, taking on a non-biblical definition of faith to be able to argue against, argue against it. 
And so, you know, this is deeply rooted in America because this is where our, you know, a lot of Western philosophy came from was the Enlightenment through Kant. You get to John Locke, you get to our forefathers. This is ingrained in our society. And uh, it was basically it's just man's attempt to pursue the universal. Um, then you you get to the universal, but you can't explain the particulars or you just rely on the particulars and you can't explain the universal, which is this sort of uh, this his worldview is that you can't explain the universals you just presuppose them but what else in your network of presuppositions that you have about reality how do they comport with each other no you can't because they're you can't make a universal statement um, right. without the triune god which is the philosoph the philosophical issue of the one and many is found in the trinity well, Tim, thank right. you so much for calling in, brother. I really appreciate all that you're doing. And, uh, man, I uh, hope that we can have you on again. Thank you for congratulating us, and thank you for encouraging us and supporting us. And, uh, man, look forward to working on projects with you in the future. Yeah, keep up the good work, guys. Thank, thank you, you, sir. All right, we'll see you. Bye. So, Adam, you've done a whole lot better job than I have of dealing with the memes. I've just been dealing with the phone calls and, and communicating. Fun. So, yeah. Hey, if we uh, if we invited you to call on and we haven't been able to get your call, please don't stop oh, trying to get in. Yeah. Man, it has been so cool to get to talk to people. And I knew I was just kind of shooting out a, a lot of messages because I knew there were a lot of people that I actually wanted to thank on the program for being on the program in the past. Also, we didn't if, expect yeah, if this. If you're on here and you don't agree with this, like it's totally fine. Uh, we we want to talk to you. So if there's anybody out there that right. happens to be watching, we we want to talk. Um, this is what this was designed for. Um, if any of you guys that do believe are in the room with someone that doesn't believe, get them on the phone, call us, uh, comment in the comments, just wh whatever. Um, oh, we got somebody. Tristan! Hey! On. Tristan. Hey, first of all, thank you for calling. Thank you for coming on and participating in one of our many debates this year. Uh, man, that was a really great mm -hmm. episode, and I just need to have you come and uh, preach on uh, communion at my church sometime because it was really, really good. Hey man, I appreciate that. It, that was actually quite a. <laughs> that was the the most study I think I've I had had done up to that point. I actually, you know, as as you and I had talked, that wasn't a that wasn't actually a topic. I was I was all that well versed in. And whenever I started arguing about it with uh, with somebody online, and we kind of got into a little debate, and then it turned into a actual. Um, debate on on the show there but i was really thankful and appreciative that uh, you guys had me on there brother so, thank you for your hard work you. as an apologist in fact it's really cool we talked with a guy alexander strothwell i think i'm saying his name right i might be getting his so, last name so well so well thank you and he's from springfield and he's like man i'm so glad that there are people who are presuppositionalist in springfield and i know you and your son christian go out on the streets mm -hmm. and do apologetics with the atheist in town. And so uh, tell people just a little bit about your new ministry you're getting ready to start up, because I think that's a pretty exciting thing. Yeah. Uh, well, my I've got several kids in school in the local uh, Springfield area in college. And uh, so I've got uh, an older daughter uh, that's at Missouri State right now. And my son has getting ready to switch over there to Missouri State from OTC. And when he does, we're going to um, start together a Ratio Christi uh, 
arm of the Ratio Christi Apologetics Ministry. And uh, what we're planning on, it's, it, it'll basically be a weekly group that, that meets. Um, we're kind of in the entry-level phases of that. Right now, we were trying to get a podcast started, doing, doing part to the uh, just being encouraged by uh, you guys having a podcast and being able to um being able to witness that and getting to talk to you guys you guys have been a great help and and all of that stuff and and so we decided we wanted to actually get a a podcast and a website and and our social media stuff up um for a for ourselves so we actually had something to offer whenever we talk to other churches and so forth and say hey look we'd like to have you partner with us and uh the website and the uh, uh podcast is going to be called uh, real r-e-a-l-l mm-hmm. and the intention of it is is to talk about the most important topics of life so religion ethics apologetics logic and life is what mm-hmm. the acronym stands for okay, awesome. so uh so that's so that's basically what we're doing and and uh you know we we've had the the great opportunity of being able to uh uh it seems like a lot of doors have been open to us here lately to where we're we're getting the opportunity when we when we go downtown to talk to uh college students or to the local atheists and skeptics and so forth just to have really engaging uh conversations uh i did hear you had someone on there a little bit earlier i think that and he was saying that he uh his grandfather was uh, or his uh, spiritual grandfather was yeah that was Taylor. our uh, missouri baptist convention president oh awesome yeah. yeah you know what he that's uh i'm very much in a line i'm presuppositional but very much in the same line of of the francis schaefer um, style of, of presuppositionalism in that I, I just feel like there's so much opportunity to be able to talk to uh, to college students and to be able to talk to uh, everyday individuals. And, uh, you know, the only reason we started, we decided to really to start the podcast was because uh, at work, people were listening in on the conversations we were having and they were saying, wow, we, we really enjoy listening to you guys. You know, where do you go to church at? We'd like to, you know, go to church with, awesome. with you guys. You guys are a little bit different. So we thought, you know what, maybe somebody else would like to hear us to have conversations with people. So we thought, well, let's, let's try to do that. So our podcast is not just going to be an apologetics uh, another apologetics podcast. We're hoping to have uh, real people online to have conversations with. And we've Amen. set up a few, uh, uh, a few conversations already with, with some atheists and, and also with um, some people that are seeking. And that's kind of the hope is that we can get, um, I work with a, uh, a Muslim at the local mosque here. And then I work with some people who are Buddhists and some that are just spiritists and just all kinds of different things. And so it gives us an opportunity to have a wide range of people to be able to talk to. So, um, so we're hopeful that God will use that in, in, in bringing them to faith as we, as we get a chance to just to further the conversation and maybe make some progress with each of those people. So. Well, man, we look forward yeah. to once you guys go live, please let us know. We want to plug uh, your ministry very sincerely and if we can do anything to be an encouragement or affirmation to you please let us know because yeah. man I'm excited for what you're doing we need more of this we need more of this mm-hmm. I don't think you can flood the market with it enough no. and, and and I mean that and you know we are just excited to get to be uh, people who serve beside you on the Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network and then most importantly fellow brothers uh, in Christ yeah. who are proclaiming the kingdom so, yeah, thank you, Tristan, so much well, for calling in, well, man. Amen, and thank you guys for all you do, and, and uh, keep up the good work, and, and uh, keep plugging away at it. I'm, I'm excited and glad to hear you guys at 100 
at a hundred podcasts. Yeah. We're, we're still struggling to put together a handful so that we can, you know, be weekly and make sure we don't miss them. And it's hard to, or since we're not doing it live, we're going to record ours beforehand. And that's, it's, uh, having, having a few extra ahead before you get it out there is kind of uh, mandatory, mm-hmm. I think, to make a weekly show. So. Well, awesome. But, well, you know, um, any, any way we can help. We're yes, here. Please. And also with you, you keep serving your King and, uh, we'll do this together. We're not alone in this. So. Hey, man, thank you guys. Hey, thank you, brother. We'll talk to you later. All right, man. All right, bye. bye. Hey, right. most calls you've ever had on a program. Yes. Well, now <laughs> it is time for another uh, meme. Which Why one are you not? choosing? Let's do. Oh, let's do a good one. Now, by the way, the lines are clear. Oh, good. Oh, like it is going to be Batman time. A good one. So this one is a little. Uh, there, there is good. And it's so close, but then there's just one little element that would me being really picky anyway. No, but, I think uh, that it's right. This is, you know, this is, you know, since we're talking about presuppositionalism, let's bring this person in on this. Hey, this is Dave, and you're on the Tag Your It podcast. Who is this? Dave Doug Shivers. Hey, oh Doug. man, Whoa. we've got the. Oh man. <laughs> well, hey guys, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, so if you guys don't know Doug Shivers, he's uh, the pastor at Boulevard Baptist Church. We had him on the show talking about uh, Calvinism and Baptist life. Um, he did a, a Green County Baptist Associational kind of pastor's lunch over that issue, and uh, we're going to hopefully have him on as we uh, go to the the convention in Branson this year, the Missouri Baptist Convention time. He'll be on, but D- Doug, how you been? Well, I'm doing very well. Very yeah. well. Yeah. And you guys? Man, we are really encouraged. It's a party. Yeah, well, you know, this is our, our 100th episode party. We've been yeah. uh, planning it for two years. Uh, no, we had no clue. And, man, uh, I just want to want you to know, your episode on Facebook is, it was the number one episode that we had on Facebook Live oh for about really? a year. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Of course. It was, it was a good one. So, we, we, we appreciate all the work that you do. We You know, he's a pastor that is working his tail off because he realizes that he's doing this before the face of God takes that uh, Paul exhorting Timothy um, seriously. And so, you know, just to rest assured in, in the Missouri Baptist life and in Springfield, you know, there are pastors just like him who are, you know, doing what Jesus said, serving, um, you know, the, the servant is the greatest in the kingdom of God and he is definitely serving. So we um, definitely, Sit underneath uh, Doug Shivers if you if you get to or if you don't like you know I've been told by his son which he comes into the barber shop you know he is a sponge and just listen to him <laughs> so we appreciate all the hard work you do in this town well I appreciate that guys very much and I appreciate what you're doing uh, oh. you've really filled a niche and uh, you're doing some exceptionally useful stuff for the kingdom and uh, I appreciate you both and uh, you've got some great skills and your hearts are right in this and it's just a, a pleasure to know you and uh, occasionally get to have a part of this and just wanted to call and encourage you and well, uh, thank, thank you, you for what you're doing um, you guys have a great evening and I'll get off here so some other folks can call you. All right. Well, thank, thank you so you much. Very man. much.
You're welcome, guys. Bye bye. Bye bye. Man, that was cool. I'm looking forward. Okay, we will. We should probably announce this episode. We are going to be doing a Reformed Pastors Roundtable at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting. We will be live casting it. We'll be doing it um, right around that first day, sometime a time that will work well for Doug. And uh, then, goodness, I feel so bad. I can't remember our other pastor who is a part of that roundtable because. We just invited him, and uh, I feel like a feel oh, really bad. Here's a here's one of those times where someone really needs to call in so that I can uh, not <laughs> so, look so bad here and forgetting a name. Well, hey, um, we can just go straight in back into yeah. that meme anyway because we were graciously interrupted, and we are thankful for that interruption. But anyway, this meme says, and this is the normal presuppositional thing since we were on that, and man, we get another call. Yeah. Hey. Uh, this is a great person no to follow way. up Doug Shivers, yeah. his uh, former college classmate. Yeah, it's Daddy, yep. Daddy Beber. It is. Doug and I had a few classes together, and I enjoyed him, and uh, it was it was good to hear him, and I, I appreciate his faithfulness. I, I was just thinking uh, last night, um, not, maybe not specifically about um, college guys, but included in that were people I'd gone to college with and seminary and... Uh, how they had, uh, where were they at? Were they, were they, were they still, were their hands still firmly behind the plow? And, uh, and, fir- and, and, and I know some aren't and, uh, and some are still being used. They're still doing kingdom work. They're, they're not, they're not, uh, I, I actually don't know anybody who like some of these celebrity guys that have renounced their faith, but I, I know guys who who've backed away from the pastoral ministry and gosh, God calls you into it. And I'm, I'm certain that he could lead someone out and say, you know what? That's, that's that. And you're done. Uh, but anyway, uh, Doug was there. We gosh, a good guy and uh, appreciate you guys. And thanks for having me on and it's oh, been no. fun. And, um, yeah. Uh, I'm not a, uh, uh, like Dave over there, a trained debater. So I, I enjoy, <laughs> we really didn't have a debate. We just needed, uh, my brother Carter had a discussion, but, uh, yeah, it's good to hear the lively, uh, comments. I, my favorite part of your, are your shows are, are usually your guests. The guests. Uh, All right. You guys have, you have some very, uh, 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 guests who've been really, uh, I thought bringing up good points, whether it's the abortion issue creation, um, I've I really enjoyed that. Those have been my favorite episodes when someone comes on and they can share out of out of their wealth of, of service and and encourage others. So there you well, go. Well, definitely, so, we're going to get some more guests to um, get you some more points and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. yeah, thank you, well, Dad. Thank you for being uh, a good encourager and telling me to always read my Bible. How's oh, that? Yeah. I couldn't uh, I couldn't say that enough. Thank you for raising Dave in the way that he should go. And because well, of the grace of God, he did not depart. Well, you know, Dave is, uh, uh, he is one of my five children. And as one lady was asked to comment on her multiple children in a church service one time, said, sister, what can you tell me about your, your children? And I think she had six or seven. I only had five. And she says, well, pr- well, pastor, none of them are in prison right now. And, she said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and praise the Lord, none of them are in prison right now. And so... <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was in prison a few weeks ago, but to visit someone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I've been in prison too. But and uh, you know, in it's uh, that is, I always tell folks the the hardest things for me in ministry actually are uh, prisons and really sick small children. Mm. Those are the ones that really stretch 
who I am and God just has to give me extra grace when I'm yeah. dealing with those folks. Cause as those are the, those are the toughies. Uh, Cause usually in prison, you're surrounded with people that, that aren't that pleasant and someone's done something that they shouldn't have. And, and they're hurting and, and uh, it's a, it's, it's a tough deal. It yeah. really is. And then, and they're really, really, really ill, small children. The, you know, folks are really shook, shaking to their core and, and you yeah. want their children to get better and you pray and, and, and uh, it's it's a it's a great time to witness to Christ, but it's yeah. also a challenging time because yeah. there, there's so much emotion and, and pain involved in seeing a small child that's suffering. Yeah. So anyway, I, I appreciate you guys. Uh, keep up the good work and uh, and uh, have a good evening. And so, yeah, you've had a busy night. I had to really wait. <laughs> I had to listen to the whole show. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your support and encouragement. You too. Bye. 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 All right. All right. So, we're going to get back to this meme real quick. All right. Let's so get back anyway, to this meme. This is and, the and, presuppositional and, approach. Your statement presuppositionally, you saying, I don't need God to live a good life. You open that up. I'm going to keep talking. But he says, I don't need God to live a good life. And your hey, statement. Wendell. And so we Give have us just a minute. Yes, yes. And so uh, basically, Batman slapping Robin across the face, saying, "Your statement presupposes a standard of good which you cannot have without God. Repent." Wendell yeah. Truck, man, our dear hey, friend who called yes. in like fifteen times. Yes, you're finally here. Thank you, brother. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> Dave and Adam, how in the world are you guys on your one hundredth show? Man, we, we we're doing good. good. We're having a party with memes. Uh, we're having a party with people talking and calling in a bunch of times. But it's all good. We love you, brother. How's everything well, going up there? You too. Good. Is everything good? Going on your hundredth show. Oh, just, oh, just wanted to say that while I was at it. But well, thank you very much. And how is? Uh, Street... Not talk about how things are going in, in Wellsville. Oh. Well, we have a meme up yeah. that is really, really good. Um, and uh, Adam, go ahead and read it for us. And Wendell, love to get your thoughts on it because yeah. I know that you are a fire and brimstone pastor and you are someone who is not afraid to make a strong stand and contend strongly for the gospel. So I don't know if you're watching the show, if you can see the meme, take a look at it. But Adam will read it for those yeah. listening to the podcast. So, so yeah, so this is but then I stopped to eat. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> Eating's awesome. <laughs> it's a good Baptist thing to do is to eat. So, <laughs> so anyway, this is kind of like a normal interaction type thing. It's the Batman and Robin, Batman slapping Robin across the face meme that everybody uses. And anyway, it's kind of just like a normal reaction that will happen with a presuppositionalist and, and an atheist agnostic, whatever. But it's the atheist agnostic say person saying, I don't need God to live a good life. He wants to finish life, but he gets slapped across the face and uh, Batman says your statement presupposes a standard of good which you cannot have without God repent which that would be what you need to say right well yes but you know I was saved under the uh, I mean under um, I was saved by the way I was saved by God oh, yeah. but through the way of the master you knew that right no I did not know that that's a, and I taught, I taught the way of the master classes for like five years until I came to that little apologetics thing that you did. Hmm. And you said a name. And I went home and I looked up that name and 
started watching all his videos, and now I teach a whole different apologetic. Oh, wow. So I'm going to guess, uh, and Dave already guessed, that you're talking about Saiten Brugengate, right? Yes. Do you oh. remember that conversation you and I had? I do. I said you are Saiten Brugengate, but you don't even know it. <laughs> and I and I, so I looked him up, and I watched how to answer the fool, and I I watched all his videos, and then I and then I sent him a message, and and he called me one day, and we talked on we talked Skype or whatever, mm-hmm. and then I met him at G three. Um, I met him at another conference in Virginia since then. Um, and and yeah, I'd, I've completely changed the way that I that I teach, I do, and teach apologetics. And one of my favorite things is when somebody tells me that they're an atheist. And so when somebody read your read your meme again because I didn't quite get it. I don't think. Okay, well, it says like it's a has a guy. So you're a street preacher, right? So you go out and yeah. people are talking to you. So this is kind of like we can relate this meme to you. Um, you're going to be Batman. And I'm going to be Robin. So it's me, Robin, saying, I don't need God to live a good life. And then you're slapping me across the face, and you say, your statement presupposes a standard of good, which you cannot have without God. Repent. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, I am an open-air preacher. Open-air preach. Matter of fact, I'm going uh, Thursday to uh, open-air preach with Tom Rayburn and Jeff Kirkland. Uh, a guy by the name of Carnes, Mike Stockton, and another guy I don't know very well. Yeah. So uh, when it comes, to UMSL. so when it comes to presenting that apologetic and doing that street preaching, yes, we are slapping people with the truth, but we also do so in a way that is gentle and contends for the faith with humility and with a compassion. And so while this meme is correct in that yeah. that's the right words, sometimes we have the right words, but we don't have the right way in which we say it. And how critical is that even for you as you go out as a street preacher to have the right motives, the right heart, and the right compassion? God resists the proud. Mm-hmm. God so, resists the proud. When you preach... The reason we go out and preach to you, somebody asked me this not long ago. I was out, uh, it was actually two weeks ago, and I was asked the question, why do you do this? I was preaching, and, and my answer to that was is because I believe with everything in me that the Bible is true, and my Bible says that my sheep will hear my voice. My Bible says that people are converted by the word of the Lord in mm-hmm. Psalms chapter 19, verse 7. In the Hebrews, it tells me that the word of the Lord is sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, Not only does the word of the Lord convert us, the word of the Lord also sanctifies us when we are converted. Because Jesus said in John 17, 17, he said, sanctify them with your word, your word is, or sanctify them with your truth, your word is truth. Mm -hmm. So it's the word of God that saves us, it's the word of God that grows us. And if we use it in any way with pride, I guarantee you God will resist us. We, we will be of no value. We must give the glory to God in all things. When we go out and preach, we do so humbly. It's supposed to be foolish to the world around us. They're supposed to be offended by it. But through that, through the foolishness of preaching, when we go out there, do it with faith that it is God's word and is sharpening a two-edged sword. It converts the soul. It is the power of God into salvation. It is literally what changes people's lives when we do it humbly. Mm-hmm. And we do it before people in a way with faith that, God, this is your word and you're going to do what you want to with it. Mm-hmm. 
God saves people through that. Amen. When you go out there and you do it with pride, guarantee you, the Bible makes it very plain, God resists the proud. Yeah, the only pride that you can take is in your king, right? The only thing that exactly. that's the only pride that you can take is in in uh, sharing the virtue of Jesus and Jesus Amen. alone. Amen. So, and you go in the sovereignty of God, which takes this, you don't have to beat people over the head whenever you know that God will do his work, whenever you live according to scripture, which the thing is that we have to deal with. There are two co-equal truths that the gospel is the power to salvation to those who believe. And it's also the smell of death to those who are perishing. So we go in oh, yeah. knowing two co-equal truths. So it's like, instead of having a partial um, understanding of scriptures, which we send people out all the time on this partial um, power trip to go out um, we need to teach them the humility uh, and the risk that you're taking because you've got to speak the truth and you already know the truth is that people are going to perish. Grace cannot yes. be demanded and you count your, you know, not necessarily, you don't count your lucky stars, you count the providential God that has ripped you out of death um, by his son. And so it's a completely humbling experience. So, um you know, so this, I mean, this meme that we're looking at, we're seeing Batman slapping Robin across the face. The meme is not going to be like, it's, it's approaching the truth. Um, it's presuppositional. It is correct. Um, but we do not slap people in the face. Now they're going to feel a slap yeah, if they're prideful, if they're hard, but if they're soft, they're going to feel the truth hit them in the face and it's going to absorb into them. And then uh, they're going to be fine. So we don't slap people in the face. So luckily, you know, like the one thing is, is like, this is a meme that's kind of one of those like right on, but not right on. So we've had a good meme. Yes. We've had a bad meme. No, we've got this like middle road, like, mm, mm, especially it hits to the core. um, If if you go deeper there, it is a good meme because the word of God does slap. It does. It does. It heals. It heals. The word of God heals it, but it, it converts. Think about this. The word of the Lord converts the soul. And the Mm -hmm. process, according to Ezekiel chapter 36, the process of the soul being converted, literally, is God pulling out that heart of stone and replacing it with a heart of flesh filled with his Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Imagine, man, that's got to be quite slap if you think about it. Yes, the word of God slapped. And uh, uh, even when we're saved, it's still sometimes those truths Man, they slap us again. You know what? They they, right. they wake us up. Yeah, but Wendell, uh, you know, we I, love I, you, I brother. So oh, much. Is it time? Oh no, no. Just thank you. Everything yeah. you said there is perfect, brother. Keep, keep yeah. on. Everything's been good. I'm not cutting well, you I, off. I, I promise. <laughs> okay, I got one thing that I wanted to say that you were saying a little bit ago. That I wanted to elaborate on that, and that is that the the word of God. You know, it God's word is love. Uh, and how much must we, the Bible commands us to go out and preach the word. It commands mm-hmm. us to go out and tell people the word of God, to make disciples of all nations, too. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I quote this on Facebook all the time, and I get persecuted for it sometimes. You know, in, in John 14, and you, you can shut me off if you want, but in John 14, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And then if you go down to verse 23, he literally turns it around. The long and short, the opposite of loving God is is hating Him. Do you see that? We are called to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. We are called to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if I if I don't love my neighbor, if I if then I have to be hating Him. 
And people say, well, no, 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 you're, you're putting words in the Bible. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Read verse 23 and, and, and 24. Yeah, and Jesus John answered 14. him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much would we have to hate someone to not tell them the words exactly. of Exactly. And it's one of those That's things, right. uh, atheist Penn Jillette, um, very, very smart guy. And he has put it out there. You know, he's like, if you have this gospel, if you have the truth, if you have this, you have to hate me to not tell me. Yep. I read that. Yes. Yes. And so this is an atheist. This is an atheist superstar that everybody knows about. He's been in the, everybody's homes with TV. He's, he said that it's something that I've tried to use before, uh, you know, talking to a, a person online going like you, you don't agree with that's that's the problem with atheism is you're so hyper individualistic you don't have to agree yet you're trying to get people to unify that's your problem and that's again that one in many issue that philosophically cannot be filled unless if you fill it with a triune god and so they recognize it they, I, I mean there's some people that you must hate me but then they're then they're going to go like well stop pushing your beliefs on me so they're going to be inconsistent well yes yes and Wendell, here's one of my things, and, and Adam as well. Um, you know, I, I've I've had people ask me, why do we do the podcast? Uh, boy, you you sure have spent a lot of money on gas driving to Springfield, and Adam has, has spent money out of his pocket to uh, have the podcast. He's mm-hmm. worked tire, tirelessly. Um, why did we put all that energy in putting together a Polycon or the debate? class that we did um, a few years ago. Why did we do the debates? Um, Because we love those who are in sin and want them to be saved because we love our Father. And so we have the means. We have the ability. We have minds that work and God has put a desire in our heart. That's why we do the podcast, to bring God glory and to use the gifts that he's given us. This is the best means we have to do the things that God has called us to do, the way that he has called us to do them, and therefore to glorify and love him. So, yeah, we're excited that we've yeah. done 100 episodes, but we're really excited that we've been given a a hundred different opportunities mm-hmm. to sit behind the microphones first in the basement, then up here uh, at the Missouri Baptist Convention, uh, at the Missouri Baptist Annual Meeting. We've recorded episodes mm-hmm. over at a coffee shop up at the Creation Museum. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these different places we've been given these opportunities to go and proclaim the gospel. Is there more effective means? Maybe there are more effective means. Is there a better way? Maybe there is, but this is the tool that God has given us now, and we're going to continue to do it as long as it'll allow us to do it, because to not do something that we have the ability to do, the compassion to do, the desire to do, is to simply say, well, I hate my neighbor, and we can't do that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now, don't quit it. You're doing a good job. Keep it up. Thank you. Uh, Thank you very much, sir. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, it's very valuable. It's very needed. I believe that. I really believe that. I don't always have time to watch every podcast, and I don't always get to watch it when it's played. I've tried to watch it later, but I want you to know this. It is valuable. It does. Keep on doing it. Don't quit. We are I try to for sure share it every time. If I don't get it watched all, I'm I'm bad sometimes for skimming a broad podcast. Do you know what that means? (laughs) Listen to it a little bit. 
Yeah, you listen to a little bit of it, and then you come back later and you listen to a little part yeah. of it, and does that make sense? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> we do it sometimes too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, brother, but don't don't keep don't don't quit. Keep it up. Thank you, and God bless you as you get ready to move in your ministry down to Covenant. You're going to Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to go down there and finish my master's degree. Well, amen, brother. I love you, and uh, if I can ever do anything for you, you know uh, I'm ready to. All right. See you at the annual meeting, that. right? Lord willing, I plan All on right. That. Don't be a hellraiser when you're there. I should say a hellraiser. That's probably not a very appropriate way to say it. <laughs> you're going to bring fire. Please bring fire, but good fire. <laughs> All righty. Love you, man. Love you too. You all have a blessed evening. Uh, you yes, too. Solely Dale Gloria, man. Well, right, hey, we you. have gone over an hour. There are some people that uh, I did reach out to to ask to call in. We had a lot more calls. And if I did reach out to you and ask you to call in and we were unable to get to your call, man, I want to apologize. We want to do one more meme and close it out? Yeah. Okay. I, I apologize if I've been jumping to the phone while you've been going on the memes. I've just been excited that we've had this many people call. I uh, Yeah. Uh, I just extended an invitation again in the comments. And oh, if we gotcha. just want to open one up another meme let's uh do let's do roddenberry yes see what yes roddenberry i like that one a lot say. so that let me i mean uh, all of them have been good but this yeah. is one that was really interesting yeah so uh, this is a quote from gene roddenberry says we must question the story logic of having an all-knowing all-powerful god who creates faulty humans and then blames them for his own mistakes and this is the thing of what i run into in most of my my conversations um that i have with atheists and you know what this doesn't take much that's right this does not take much at all and we got a phone call who i know who this is travis travis who's that guy what is up guys hey we got you on the phone this time we are really really glad that you called in i know you called in earlier too hey are you watching the live cast right now i am Oh, great. You can. You guys are awesome. Uh, You know, 100 episodes. I just got to brag on you guys just a minute and just say, man, thank you guys so much for everything you've done. You guys, uh, you you two both have introduced me to some awesome people and you've just challenged my way of thinking and uh, you've challenged my way of looking at God's word and looking at God's people and, and how to minister. And man, just so thankful for you guys. Awesome ministry. Man, well, thank, thank you. you. And, no, uh, thank you for uh, being a part of that and, uh, process, too. And I'm going to share real quick before we mm-hmm. jump into the meme. I'll give Travis a minute to take a, a little bit longer look at it. Uh, today, in fact, I did did write a proposal for you, Adam, and I to present in Chicago at the International Society of Christian Apologetics National Conference. Uh, and uh, hopefully in... March will be headed down to Chicago to present a panel discussion. Up, up to Chicago. So, You're up to Chicago, city. yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. Um, so, you see the meme in front of us. Uh, let's let Adam tag in, and then we'll tag you in after that. Yeah. How's that, Travis? All right. All right. So, yeah, I'm going to repeat it again. We must question the story logic of having an all-knowing, all-powerful God who creates faulty humans and then blames them for his own mistakes. And this is a quote from Gene Roddenberry. And what I was saying before you called was that, you know, whenever we see this, this can shake somebody to the core when they see this kind of stuff because they don't know what to do. And the thing is, is this is one of the simplest things that you can actually 
go against and how can you go against this? Have you read the scriptures? This isn't knowing an argument. This isn't knowing anything. This is just knowing what you believe. What do you believe about this God that you believe in? What do you believe about the people that he created? How do you find out how to know this stuff? And we know this stuff by scriptures. And so whenever you see a, uh, a quote like this, if somebody kind of brings, this happens all the time. This is a very, um, I don't know, old thing. This is nothing new. And this is just, this is just somebody being mad. But uh, a God who creates faulty humans, well, like, he's not talking about the, the triune God of the scriptures and then blames them for their own mistakes. Like, that's not the triune God of the scriptures. I don't know what God he's talking about. But I'm going to say, uh, because this is a, something that gets thrown at me, a Christian that believes in the triune God, the one that the, the Father that Jesus made known, um, this is directed at the triune God. So what is the problem here? Um, what do you need to know, Travis, um, to defeat this meme? Well, I think it goes right back to what you guys have been talking about all along tonight. It's, it's presupposition. Uh, where where do you stand? You know, is is God the God of the scriptures, like you say? Um, and and do we believe that in the beginning, God, that God preexisted everything and that God's creation is true and uh, that he is not responsible for sin? Mm-hmm. He's not the author of sin. He's not the author of confusion. Um mm-hmm. Then, then we recognize that there is a responsibility on mankind who has sinned, who has turned against God, who has hated our Creator, uh, and the responsibility falls on us to reconcile to God. Well, uh, in that, then we find that we're incapable of that reconciliation apart from Him doing it for us. That's right. So, you negate it with the love of Christ and the love of God that... It, God is the one who actually makes it possible for us to reconcile. It's it's not us who has who has accomplished anything uh, other than evil. Mm. Uh, God has not accomplished any evil. He's accomplished good. Yeah. The other place, and I love the ways both of you have looked at it. I would revert back to, I think, pieces of what both of you said, and just noting the God that you have spoken about, Mr. Roddenberry, is certainly not the God that you find in Scripture. Um, number one, God didn't create faulty humans. God created actually perfect humans who had the ability to sin and had the knowledge of what was true and, of course, then experientially create a faulty world and therefore pull away from his will. But that didn't surprise God. Mm-hmm. God had his perfect plan. And then likewise, I just say, who are you to say that God has created anything faulty? According to what standard would you describe something as being faulty? But then likewise, what do you mean by blames them for his mistakes? Uh, that would put the burden of sin upon God when God creates the means by which sin occurs. God creates the means by which someone hears the gospel and saves, again, uh, it's a really important element. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are my thoughts. I didn't ramble too much there. Yeah, Um, I was just going to say, so basically knowing your scripture, you can be like, yeah, he didn't create faulty people. They chose to, and I've had this conversation, well, they didn't know. It's like they were created perfect in knowledge. God spoke to them. God walked with them in the garden. They had everything. There was no necessity in sinning either. They had everything. It was 
He just said, here's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat it. That was it. They had everything else, every green herb, every tree. All the animals was were subservient to them. They had dominion, um, be fruitful and multiply, have fun, enjoy me, enjoy my creation that I've created for you and have handed it over to you. You know, and that's the that's the psalm is what is a man that you are mindful of him and you have given dominion over him so you know this is something that's not esoteric because david a long time ago is saying the same thing that we're saying now about this so again you have not i mean if you put this in your head if you if you're just believing in the concept of god well the problem is is your god does not exist gene roddenberry and i'm sorry that you haven't listened to the scriptures yeah, spot on, Adam. Uh, you know, one thing that I would say, and something that you've taught me a lot, Adam, is is sometimes, uh, sometimes it's okay when we, uh, as apologists, if if we if we move over to a worldview that is a false worldview, uh, to display the uh, just utter uh, ignorance of that worldview or, or or the foolishness of it, mm-hmm. and so in that, you know. You know, you, you go to somebody who holds this position and, and, you know, if you ask them, uh, so, so should God be a dictator and, and control every move that we make? Well, of course they're going to reject that immediately, mm-hmm. but that's essentially what they're, what they're declaring here is that they want God to, to control every move so that, so that we can't be, uh, in sin yeah, so I mean, basically what you're saying here, and I mean, this is true, it's either they get mad because you talk about how they had the, the will, they had the free freedom to choose or not choose as Adam and Eve, and then they'll be like, well, that one doesn't work, and then you go, okay, but then if I say it was all controlled, then we're just puppets and that's not loving. See, they they have two places that they want to go, and you they can't have 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 it both ways that's right and so what you just exposed there was the fact that they will this is this is the very start of a of an argument at the very start you've got them stymied between a rock and a hard place because either they have to want to be a puppet or they want their free will which one do they want exactly and and then we find out that uh because of the fall yes they had it but then we have turned into sin machines um, mm. Because of that, because God, you know, we tra- well, Adam trans, that, yeah, yeah, Adam's tra- Adam transgressed the covenant. Um, I was told, well, you know, if God couldn't be transgressed and all this kind of stuff, yes, He covenantly dealt with man. He said, "I'm basically through progressive revelation, we can go back and see that it was a covenant between Adam and God, a covenant of works um, that was." then given up by Adam and he broke and then him being a representative, um, God, God has handed them over to debauchery and sin and all that stuff, but has provided a way. And we can see that he provided a way in the fact that Abel and Cain were worshiping. They were bringing offerings. There was something, even though we don't know the specifics, we can say that through progressive revelation, God gave them the sacrifice, the understanding of the sacrifice and to have faith in it. Yeah. Amen. Hey, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. you guys a quick question, if I can. All right. Uh, we, we talk so much about uh, presuppositionalism, and mm-hmm. and you know one of the one of the most popular forms of apologetics uh, is, is that of an evidentialist. And so we we see in the scriptures, uh, we see that uh, uh, David says in the Psalms that the heavens declare the glory of, of the Creator, and we see in 
uh, Romans, Paul talks about uh, we are without excuse because mm-hmm. God has revealed himself in his uh, creation. And so how do you speak to those people who are who are hung and, and think it's that it is absolutely one or the other? How, how do you how do you lay that out, guys? Uh, well, it's it's not absolutely one or the other. You have to start with the presupposition and then you can be evidential all day. Yeah. Um, the, the, that's the problem is, is people want evidence. The thing is, is you've got to tell them, stop acting like a Christian because a Christian demands evidence. The Christian, um, is told to test the spirits. How do we test the spirits by the word of God? And so, um, Christians enjoy, enjoy the body of evidence that you can enjoy because you know, the one who made it. Um, think thoughts after him kind of a, kind of a thing this is something that Einstein I think even recognized that we're thinking our our thoughts after him That's right um, so there's there's it's implanted around so we don't have to do one or the other the thing is though is is the fact that they are denying the evidence already and I think as a Christian it is very irrational whenever we know from revelation that God has spoken about the state of man and the state of their psychology that he is dead in sin that he hates God. There's no one that seeks for God. There's all that in Romans, just killing, murdering the man and any sort of pride, any sort of intellectual prowess um, that they've invented themselves. Um, This is why uh, Paul would say, you know, where is the debater of the age? You know, we're all stupid. And that's what God declares in his word. And so why do you find it rational as a Christian with that revelation to discuss evidence with an unbeliever? I don't get it. I mean, this is where I go to Peter as well. Whenever um, Jesus is asking them, you know, who who do people say I am? They give the answer there. But who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the son of God. And what does Jesus say? And then to preface this, Peter was around him for a long time, saw miracles, saw feeding of 5,000 people, um, saw him calm the waters and all this stuff, saw all the evidence. But what does Jesus tell him? What does God tell Peter? Jesus is God. What does God tell Peter? This You didn't get this from flesh and blood. You got this from above. That is Jesus being presuppositional, anachronistically. <laughs> But it's, 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 it's this thing. is like, how can we rationally, knowing what we have in Revelation, how can we as Christians rationally act that way? And going, if we just give them enough evidence. But the problem is, and the, and the, and the thing that we need to distinguish, there's three. There's presuppositionalism, there's classicalism, and then there's evidentialism. So if you look at William Lane Craig, he's evidentialist. He doesn't care about scripture. He has said so. Yeah. Um, you have classicalism, which, you know, R.C. Sproul and like some really, really genuine, we love them kind of guys, but we definitely disagree and find it irrational um, because they have stayed in Rome. Um, they're following uh, Thomas Aquinas, which comes straight out of Aristotelian logic, which what, even though R.C. Sproul wouldn't like the free will issue, he is a borrowing capital from the free willer argument of Rome saying that we can, we can do this, we can deduce this. So we understand that all creation will point to God. The fact is, it's marred too. And so we have to rely on special revelation. Just think about, and as I get to close my thoughts anyway, just, just think about what Adam had to have. What did Adam have whenever he was created? Did he just know, my name's Adam, and this is God all God's, spoke. or did God speak to him? So Adam didn't even live on um, just strictly evidence and reason. and all, Even though he had a 
perfect reasoning ability and all that kind of stuff, he he was still dependent on God speaking. Dude, you said everything. I don't, I can't say anything more. I mean, you just hit it right on. <laughs> like, no, no, there's yeah, nothing love, to be sorry about, dude. It was, it was straight up. Yeah, um, yeah I, I guess to be slightly brief and to kind of throw my position in on it, um, I certainly believe that we have to start with God's Word. And from there, I can bring in every piece of evidence that I want. Mm -hmm. But unless I bow my knee to God and accept His revelation as true, as the final standard, uh, it's not going to matter, right? And so I'm always going to approach someone by pointing out their suppression of the truth. They're living inconsistently with a non-Christian worldview to bring them back to uh, to salvation, their need for salvation. And yeah, I'll, I'll certainly, you know, uh, I, I've listened to a, free, a few presuppositionalists, uh, really enjoyed Sonny Hernandez's debate with Dan Barker. But at the end of that debate, like they do a Q&A question section, and there is this point where a guy begins to bring in the Canaanite um, genocide. And essentially Hernandez says, I don't need to deal with that. I'm a presuppositionalist. And I would say, no. I would first say, first of all, that doesn't make sense and doesn't mean anything to you if you don't believe God's word is true anyway. So probably you don't even believe that happened. So let's begin with that. Let's begin with that presupposition. Well, that's wrong because we do know what happened. We have plenty of archaeological evidence for that. But you already have dismissed it as not happening. But wait a second. You don't have an, a reason to even say that that was bad or good, so why am I even discussing this with you? Does that make sense? Rather than just saying, I'm not going to talk about that, you're not a Christian. That's one area where I think a lot of people just completely miss if they're going to be, what I would say, almost be a, a hard presuppositionalist. Um, no, I'm going to deal with that. I'm going to deal with evidence, but I'm always going to point out it doesn't matter to you, first of all, because you can't even come to a place where logic has any meaning. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Great. Great, guys. It's almost like I knew that was a potential soapbox for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, we love you. Thank you. And, and hey, say a prayer about that, uh, about that, um, about that um, piece that I put in for us to present, uh, because we would be presenting on apologetics podcasting and so it'd be a panel with us on it so yeah pretty cool deal definitely yeah i was just gonna say uh, you know to, to sum up what you guys said you know i would use a phrase that you guys used all the time going back to what adam said uh when evidence comes out uh the first question always has to be asked is is by what standard mm -hmm. uh, and so there you have it you know by what standard have to go back to the presupposition but i know a lot of guys a lot of guys don't recognize that that you can have evidence uh that it's it's actually necessary to have evidence with within a presuppositional approach um but it's it's by what standard you're gonna you're gonna use that evidence so yeah thank you guys so much thanks thank, for, thank uh, you thank man. you brother love you guys and love you too bro <laughs>
<laughs> Talk to you later, man. All right. Bye. All right. Well, Adam, well we have we done have a bang up job. Yeah. It's an hour and 26 minutes, oh, so it's gotcha. not as bad as it looks anyway. But anyway. <laughs> oh, gosh. I did look bad to me, anyways. 100 like, episodes. Yes. Of Tag And we hope for 100 more, Lord willing. Amen. And again, uh, you guys that have been a part of this, this has been like the most awesome interactive show. Oh, gosh, um, guys. Thank so you let's have so this much. more often, guys. Uh, play a part. Um, send us things. Send us memes send us what's going on like send us stuff that you can't answer like in meme wise small arguments we can deal with it on the show um and uh we would love to do that and just go on to another hundred more with you guys and uh just continue to be a resource um that god can use for his glory and i have to say this because i'll kick myself if i don't if you've been blessed by the show at all oh well let's go for one one more more. what do you say why not guys Hey, this is Dave. Who is it? Hello? Um, oh, hey. hey. Hi, may I speak with David? Yeah, this is him. I, uh, who is this? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't tell if it was like a fake call thing or not. Oh, no. I think you're going to ask me for money, aren't you? How did you know? <laughs> Because I do know. Hey, uh, you called me at a bad time. Can I call you back later? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're totally fine. All right. Thanks. Well, awesome. That is well, one of the risks. I'm using my <laughs> private line. Yes. Someone from Missouri State or SBU is calling yeah. and saying, give me money. Oh, hey, awesome. <laughs> well, anyway, you know, this is an informal podcast, and it, uh, the 100th episode goes out very Dude, that's informal. the best way for it to so, Anyway, with that said, thank you guys uh, for 100 episodes. Let's do the 100 more. Amen. Uh, Lord willing, let's, uh, you know, let's take the next 100 episodes, whatever amount of time that takes. Um, you guys preach the gospel. Let us help you if we can with this podcast. Let's all preach the gospel together. Let's hit our friends and family because really, um, like I have to deal with, they're not your family. Jesus Mm. said your mother and brothers and sisters are all those who do the will of God. So if you have a mother or brother or sister that's not, you're not. And it's scary and it should uh, chill us to the core. Let's uh, let's preach the gospel together. Um, Let's move forward together. This isn't just Dave and I doing this. This is you guys as well. And so, Dave, any what last I was going to say before remarks? my phone call oh, yes. was, please go to iTunes and give us feedback. Please invite your friends to like the podcast page. Uh, please invite your friends to subscribe on CastBox or Spotify or whatever means you get this through. Um, pray for us. So that would be more important than any of those things. Mm-hmm. Pray for us because guess what? We are human beings. We have struggles uh, just like you do. We are pastors and, uh, well, excuse me, uh, a pastor and a deacon, but a guy who ministers the hey, I want to be a pastor. And, that's right. And uh, we certainly can fall victim to pride. We can certainly fall victim to other sins. And so just pray that God would sustain our ministry. That would be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Like what my dad said about their uh, hands are Gripping, gripping tightly to the plow. Pray that our hands will grip tightly to the plow. All right. Yes, we need that. So with that said, this is the 100th episode of the Tag Your It podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Dave. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.